This episode of MTG Untapped is brought to you by a knockoff rooster for Top Gun Maverick. If you wanted to see it in theaters, you should have watched it a few months ago. Never coast that told you to. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 88 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Mike. And joining me pretty much as always, he is my friend. He is also yours. He is Costa. How are you? That was not a knockoff rooster. <laughs> you didn't sound like him at all. You're like a WWE guy, the announcer. Well, that wasn't by knockoff rooster, but I was just trying to, because as of recording this, I got my quote unquote rooster costume in the mail, which is just a the, from that first bar scene with the tank top and the kind of light green Hawaiian shirt. I've seen the aviators, and after this weekend, I'm going to regrow out my mustache. Oh my God. And uh, I have a like a month to like have a real nice thick uh, upper lip bush. But um, all right, but we are not alone. Um, shout out to a friend of the podcast, Chrissy D. Uh, happy birthday to that man. He gets the night off. He gets to go enjoy it with his wife. But coming in for um, the last time for the foreseeable future, but we won't say it's the last time because we'll make it happen. Something will happen. He is everyone's favorite faux British person. He is Tree. How are you? Hello. Um, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Um, it's been a while, but I'm excited to see how this running back does. Uh, sorry we didn't get to all your picks last time as we were a little bit crunched for time. Um, but I'm sure you'll be, give everyone a refresher on where you stood going into the format as opposed to where we are now. But that's jumping a little bit ahead. Now we need to go into the untapped set. We're skipping the phase in because we're a little bit crunched for time again, but um, we're going to make it work. So this week's untapped set, we all kind of took part in um, uh, the draft held by Junior's Comics and Cards located in South Austin, a slaughter mansion right near the HEB. Uh, Tree, did you uh, actually finish? Did, did I you go all three rounds? I went through. Oh yeah, I went through all three rounds, but I uh, lost the last match. So um, it was against uh, one of the, I guess, returning players. I believe um, he wasn't, I guess, newer. He he's played before, but you know, he's not familiar with the format. But you know, he just got out really faster than me, and uh, I couldn't keep up with his uh, red white heroic charge deck. So that's it. You know, sometimes you just get beat by the aggro deck. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When my brain went straight to retarded, when you instead of returning, I think you'd be like, "What gets the retarded plays?" Like, who is this? Me? Like, <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, my head uh, is spaced already. So we actually had a really nice little staggered thing. So Costa played the first round, but then the friend that he brought along was not really feeling it, so he went ahead and dropped because he is a good friend. Um, and they went home. Uh, so his friend could rest. And then I went in round two and I just got a little tilt. I, I, I wasn't mad. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go home and go to bed. And so I dropped after round two and then tree finished the, finished the draft. So we have a nice one, two, three thing going on. Um, I'll just start off. Uh, Cause I was in a pod opposite y'all. So y'all know a whole lot about my deck. Um, I first picked the Merfolk Lord, which kind of got me on a kind of a Merfolk kick. But then I just went into like Mardu because I eventually got myself a nice old Garna. And then I got Elos Ilkor, Elias, friend of the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, oh, can we do the combo again? But I never saw Lagamos. 
and I was very sad. <laughs> but my deck was all right. We had a lightning strike, a hurloon battle him. Uh, so we had a lot of removal. Uh, we had probably my favorite card in a card we'll talk a lot about later. Mary's Outrider. Uh, Walking Bulwark. I played Walking Bulwark turn one in like, in like two of the six games that I played. And I was like, oh, you're playing like Mardu Defenders? I'm like, no, this card's just really good on its own. Um, thank you, Kosa, for really turning me on to it. Um, yeah, my deck was all right. Um, I, I went one and one and then decided to just drop. Kosa, what about you? Yeah, I was, uh, I think I was on the way to a pretty good round, honestly. I also ended up with a uh, Ellis Ilkor and Garna, which I uh, was really a red white with the splash for literally those two cards. And actually, sorry three cards because the pack one pick one rare was archangel of wrath the four mana three four flyer with lifelink and if you kick it each time you kick it you deal two damage to any target um i had a pretty strong deck uh had a couple of argivian cavaliers some uh lightning strikes uh phoenix chick prayer binding balduvian berserker i think this deck was on the way to doing some pretty nutty things but uh also kind of we tree and i kind of lucked out because uh chris also drafted and dipped um and he ended up with two uh my herd of migration or migration her whatever the hell you want to call it two of them it was it was going to be nasty uh let's just put it that way i'm really glad well i mean it didn't matter i didn't get to even finish rounds but i mean had i stayed i would have been glad he left so um but yeah deck was pretty solid uh i honestly forgot who i played round one but i beat him I think I beat them pretty handily, honestly. I just don't remember who it was. But yeah, I mean, just like, you know, this token game life strategy with the L-Cores and then pinging damage, it's, it was it looked like it's going to be nice. So, Tree, what'd you do? I forgot. Um, so I had, <clears throat> I think I opened like a Namata, the 3-4 the um, green-black creature. That's like with, with Reach. And it's get saplings whenever an opponent's creature dies, and then you can sacrifice saplings to get extra bonus effects. Um, also got the Bortuk, the green black six mana guy, um, and that can return something to the graveyard. You know, um, I missed some some text on that, and um, I thought it would had to it had to be return something CMC less than a, a mana value, but it says you can pick it if it's it goes back to your hand regardless. But if it's CMC, if less is in than the domain that you have, then that would go straight on the battlefield. So I missed that, and um, so you know, a lot better than I thought. Um, yeah, who 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 uh, put you on that tree? Oh, I know, like this this person uh, next to me named named Costa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, you were gonna cut it, and I was like, dude, it's just a uh, freaking grave digger. You're like, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah, so that um, yeah, um, that was that was really good grave digger on a four four grave digger, you know. Um, I, was, uh, I was about to say a six mana four four grave digger is still just really playable. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I mean, and to be fair, I think I thought the same thing when I first saw the card. I thought it was just a recursion effect due to domain and, and or like, yeah, and didn't even really read the card through. But I mean, that was I mean, as many games as I've played, I've, I know a lot of these cards now. So yeah, and um, so you know, basically, I built a green black deck that had lots of recursion. You know, I had the the eerie the Urborg repossession, which is fantastic, you know, gaining that two life. Man, it like it always gains the two life no matter what. 
and um, I had the eerie salt tenders, which uh, performed really well, having the mill and the meal to exile that and get something back again. Um, but then I also had a, a little small little so, uh, subdomain theme, you know, getting my um, territorial Maru up to like an eight eight almost every single game. Um, and yeah, just sort of just green black um, recursion graveyard stuff. So yeah, that was it. And um, I beat um, my Daniel, our friend with Daniel Machetti. Um, he, we had really really good games, but you know he I eked it out just barely enough uh, to get that two uh, two zero wins. Um, and then with Shaver, I think he just got mana screwed, um, color screwed most like uh, most of the time, um, both games. So he was able to cast the spells efficiently. And I was able to do like you know two spells a turn and just you know overrun him with having board presence basically. Um, and then my third game, you know, I said that earlier, um, just lost to a um, the red white heroic or heroic charge deck, not heroic, but like just going wide, getting that Keldon strike team haste with all those guys with the um, what's the 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 Devort guy, the red white three three for four mana. And whenever it attacks, untap all white creatures, all red creatures get trampled and give everything plus one, plus one. That's just a lot of stuff on one attack trigger, and it's just really, really insane. Um, but on game one, he managed to, you know, take two destroy evils out on me. Uh, since my creatures were big and, you know, lined it up pretty well and just won the game that way. Game two was a bit more of a, I was struggling for mana and, and couldn't cast my spells on time. But, you know, we're still trying to put up a fight, which is, you know, that's what Green Green Black really does well at. So, I don't know, that's just fair and, fair and square. The card you were thinking of is Tori Devonall, Fury Rider, something like that. Something. It might be French. Who knows? Um, but okay, that is our untapped set for this week. Uh, let's go on to the underplayed EDH card of the week. And up this week is somebody. Who is it? Me. Costa, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, so I brought this card to you uh, a little while back because uh, I have it on my little side list of uh, for this particular segment. The card is Subterranean Tremors. So it is a uh, X red red. Now I got to look it up, but I believe it's an X red red. Um, if you deal and it deals like X damage to the board equal to its X cost. And if it's like five or more, you destroy all artifacts or something like that. Um, oh, sorry. I'm like, man, it's been crazy work this week. I'm like dead tired now, but, uh, sorry. It's just X and a red and it's a sorcery. Yeah. Subterranean tremors deals X damage to each creature without flying. If X is four or more, destroy all artifacts. If X is eight or more, put an eight, eight red lizard creature token on the battlefield. Honestly, this card just seems pretty sweet i'm not sure why it's only zero percent of decks which is not really the case but might as well be it's in 2300 decks or sorry 2400 decks out of 750,000. so uh yeah i mean vandal plast is played that's a sorcery um and i think it has an overload cost of five if i'm not mistaken like this i i feel like is a strict upgrade um i get well vandal blast is one-sided destroy all artifacts mm, fair enough that's fair but still i just like, seems pretty good i don't know i think i think as a mythic it should definitely be played a little bit more wipes the board too not just artifacts because i those mm. x all the creatures and then destroys all artifacts as well right right so 
Yeah, I just feel like this is very, still very good. Like ultimately, when you're choosing to get the wrath effects on here, that I mean, you're dictating that game state, and so, um, yeah. I mean, that's my my card. I like it, Tree. What do you think? Not much to say. Everything you know, you said everything that I would have said. Um, but in the, British accent, you know, the card is just a, a great board wipe because it's really easy to get in your commander deck you know you can get to that nine mana to get that eight eight really really easily all right just one quick little thing tree makers you're really putting that mic there in your mouth there you go okay (laughs) there you go all right your underplayed edh card of the week subterranean tremors put it in your edh decks criminally underplayed that card and put a microphone in your mouth yep all right Let's get into the main, uh, I'm going to say segment, but it's like it's the main event. Let's run it back. It's everyone's favorite episodes where we talk about cards now that we've basically figured out the format after two weeks. Um, we actually expedited this a little bit so we get Tree on there um, before he went, went away to the frigid wasteland of Wisconsin. But um, now we are going to begin going on. Um uh, so Tree's basically going to be uh, taking up uh, Chris's position, basically, from the Primer episode. And Kosa, uh, I believe you are defending champion. Is that not, or is that give it to Chris? I can't remember now. Chris won it last week. Chris won, so that means Tree, you are defending champion. This is the way that it works. I am the judge. Do not question me. I will dock you points, maybe, possibly, probably not. Um, but that also means Tree, you need to go first. And so give a little refresher of your primer list and then what you now think are the top five best commons in white. Take it off, bud. Okay. All right. Um, last time, you know, I, I wasn't here, but they did briefly mention it. So um, that was really nice. Um, obviously, I won't get any points for not being there. Anyways, my white list, the first five is going to be Argivian Phalanx, Argivian Cavalier, Griffin Protector, Citizens Arrest, and Heroic Charge. So. Um, with my new update, <clears throat> I have now Argivian Cavalier, um, Argivian Phalanx, you know, still really good stuff, but I have Destroy Evil on there just because it's been used against me um, about one too many times. But um, I think a lot of the white has a very good, um, it's good at, you know, staying at that three power, three toughness kind of uh, area. So Destroying Evil will get it over its hump, you know, getting killing all the bigger creatures that it needs to get through, especially those walls that have those um, massive defense <clears throat> toughness. And sorry, not, not Yu-Gi-Oh here. Um, and then my number four pick is Captain's Call because getting all your, um, there's three one ones. This is reminiscence of the... Um, the Kamigawa six mana get three two two samurais. Um, I don't remember what the card is called, but very reminiscent of that. And um, getting getting more material on your board is going to be really really, um, I guess, key in most white decks here. And then um, my last pick on number five, um, I was between this and another card, um, Charismatic Vanguard, but I chose Hero Charge over it just because you know it gives that edge um, to just buff up your board and get through the last bit of damage that you need to do or just you know make very very um efficient trades here especially with your little one one beaters here and so that is going to be my top five take it away coaster 
well, first I wanted to give a little bit of an overview just of my opinion on the format and it'll help kind of, uh, direct you towards uh why i make the picks uh for or my updates for this set but basically this set is all over the place and i mean that in a good way um it really you can you can play any style i feel like like aggressive long game um there the cards are very flexible and the power level of the rares and mythics aren't like obscene they're very strong but they're not obscene um and so as you see picks between tree and I, and even Micah being the judge, uh, keep in mind that our picks are really going to be slanted toward the, towards the way we draft. And so leading the charge here, I also have, uh, actually, I guess I should go back to my original list. So last time, uh, I had, uh, our giving cavalier citizens arrest artillery cannon, Mesa cavalier and take up the shield. Even though we only did four, uh, this week, uh, I have, uh well i'm stumbling a little hard today our giving cavalier still at number one take up the shield now at number two griffin protector at number three mesa cavalier at number four and heroic charge at number five micah has seen it i've played a lot of aggressive white decks a lot of uh aggressive white red i haven't shown them my white black well i have a little bit but like i just I got another trophy today with white black um white can push damage through and i think the reason is because of the enlist mechanic and the card that heads that up very hard is our giving cavalier it also makes a body which means it can go wide um and so that card has been tremendous take up the shield is an amazing combat trick uh gets you some life back protects your creature and makes it bigger it just does everything it needs to griffin protectors are very nice finisher and because there's a lot of creatures that make uh or yeah, a lot of spells that make an additional token or something of that nature this is usually pumping up a couple of times um, at minimum it's usually once but a lot of times you can just push the damage even harder massive cavalier uh end up being again just that good two one uh and gaze you some life gets you over the top yeah there are some cards that stop it but generally just having this two one um in your um I was going to say ramp um, and your curve is really nice to have. And then charge just pushes the damage through. And if you're lucky to, you know, or plan to have like a red pip in there, then you can push over that trample damage. So those are my five picks. All righty. Uh, just a refresher on where I was going in the format. I had citizens arrest. Number one, our cavalier. Number two, stall for time. Number three, banalish sleeper. LOL. And number four, and Benalish Faithbender at number five. I don't even remember what that card does. Um, so is, um, it's the list card one and a white for a one three vigilance. Vigil- oh, yeah. Hot LOL on that one, too. Card's still good. Um, you, you know better than me because you played more of that uh, archetype a lot more than I have. Um, but for me, as Costa said, it's like all our lists are typically going to reflect how we have played through the format so far my number one is stall for time a card neither of you said <laughs> uh number two i have our giving cavalier card both of you have number one our giving phalanx uh i really like now griffin protector uh, a card that's really really solid and combines with just having creatures in your deck and then i still had citizen address coast and i talked last friday he said i'm probably taking that out, and i was like i really get that i really think i feel like there's a lot more like combat shenanigans going on which makes um the uh, take up the shield have a lot more utility than you would think it would because it, also putting a one one counter on something is really, really it's not just plus one plus one indestructible lifelink all that 
Um, all the incidental life gain is also really big. So I was really going back and forth. Um, but I think if I was just like, I would, I always revert to like a pack one pick one scenario. And I think I'd take that rest first as just straight up removal. Cause I don't know how my deck will actually play out, but I really, uh, Coast is really on the nose with the take up the shield, having it that highly. I think that is not something to sneer at. Um, man, I love stall for time, and it's hilarious because uh, y'all are both have heroic charge on there, and I'm the one with stall for time. I feel like this is just myself calling me a coward. Um, well, I also think because you tend to do the domain stuff a little bit more than we do, and so true. that one white pip and then having the blue splash, you're going to have it more, which again lends to how you've been playing the format. Whereas I'm looking at it as I, I've been heavily in white. I'm not saying that's the route to go, but traditionally, if you're going to be in the white, um, a white base deck, the double pip doesn't mm-hmm. hurt as much, whereas the blue splash kind of mm-hmm. does hurt. But it's still that's drawing true. a card is still great, though, and pushing damage through. Mm-hmm. So. I, I just really because yeah like you said it's you can be proactive and reactive it can like get rid of blockers and all you get damage through and it cycles and so and then also if you're on your back foot freeze two creatures draw a card uh, is really really good um, I believe uh, I wanted to put captain's call on there too just because casting that after you've cast Griffin Protector oh my gosh um, oh. I'm not the biggest fan of Destroy Evil. I'm going to be real with you, Tree. But then also, I think I'm going to give it to Costa. Mainly because, it's for me, it came in like Mesa Cavalier and Destroy Evil. I'm not high. Like, I didn't have Mesa Cavalier on my list. Just because I feel like it doesn't get past anything that has flying or reach. Um, but I still think I would be much more... I'd still think that's like a real solid, like... 14 to like 18th card in your deck as opposed to I don't really want to run destroy evil although I do agree I have been gotten with it so many like like three or four five times where I'm just like why are you running that but why is it also killing my best creature um but yeah uh so but the first round goes to Costa I guess my points on these real quick destroy evil it was on the up and up and I still think it's very solid in this format the only thing is people have been playing it uh so the format was kind of gearing that way because the what is it the cats out of the bag or whatever on this one people are now kind of playing around destroy evil which is also why citizens and rest is off my list um mesa cavalier nor is not very high up there because like you said there's a lot of things that stop it but because this format is very like heavy on the combat tricks it ends up surviving because of the combat tricks mainly like heroic charge instant speed overrun let's go all right on to the blue and Costa, you kick us off. Alrighty, so let me go back to mine. Last time I had Essence Scatter, Tolarian Geyser, Talus Lookout, Impede Momentum, and Phyrexian Espionage. Today I have Tolarian Geyser at number one, Talus Lookout, number two, Impede Momentum at number three, Tolarian Terror at number four, and Timely Interference at number five. Uh, Geyser, you know, there's no surprise here how powerful we all recognize the card was. Some had it a lot higher. I was being probably a little cute with Essence Scatter, and at the time it did work out pretty well. But Tolarian Geyser, I mean, again, just removing something and drawing a card uh is very nice and then if you get to kick it it's awesome uh talus lookout three two flyer that digs two draws one um not much to say about this card um it's a flyer right and p momentum <clears throat> did work out pretty well um i 
I was very impressed with uh, the three turns of keeping something down, pretty relevant, highly relevant, in fact. And if you're in the blue-red spells, matter deck, it just goes that much further. Uh, Talarian Terror, I was pretty surprised. Not because I didn't think you could reduce it. Uh, I just, again, was kind of surprised at the impact of a 5-5 five, five, uh, Ward 2, and then sometimes being able to get it down on, like, two mana uh, after playing another relevant spell. Car is doing some serious work in this format. And then Timely Interference, uh, I had made mention of it last time, and it did make my list here. Again, combat trucks are really high. Just that minus one on the attack and then drawing a card is really, really good. Um, and then anything that, you know, spell-based oriented, um, it's it's been terrific. Uh, so, yep, that's my top five. Mr. Tree. All right. Um, we have a very, very similar list, just in a different order here. Um, so for my primer, I had Atalus Lookout, number one, Talenteria, number two, Pixie Illusionist, number three, Timely Interference, number four, and Shore Up at number five. And yeah, I, I very much agree that, you know, this this format has been a lot more combat trick intensive. Um, and so um, that's why I sort of had that but now my run and pack is going to be number one is talus lookout number two tolarian terror three shore up four tolarian geyser and five impede momentum so basically a lot of the things that Costa said um i find if you're if you're going to be in blue the talus lookout is where you want to be and so that's why i kind of have it on the top of my list um tolarian terror may not always be castable you know super immediately but has that you know this the spell reduction effect um and even but it is also slightly more splashable um, into many other decks just because it has the one blue pip rather than two, and that's very, very important. Now I have Shore up at number three, um, and so I've had this used against me, and I've also used it um, quite a few times, but you know, being have that really, really cheap effect, you know, just one mana and just um, protect your creature with hexproof, and then also giving it that plus one plus one as a combat trick as well. If you really, really need to, sometimes that's good. And also, if you need to do that, you can untap it on your um, on doing your opponent's combat step and untap your biggest creature and have it have hexproof so it won't die. Although it could die in response to your um, shore up, but you know you only play that in a pinch. But it's it fizzle out a lot of things such as a Talarian geyser, um, but. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a phenomenal, like really hard to play around combat trick just because it's one mana. Um, Tolarian Geyser, you know, really great bounce spell. And then the kicker helps it um, gain gain you that life that you need. And then Impede Momentum, I've had it used against me. I, I do like it. Um, however, you know, it is beatable. You have to, you know, make that deck that um, uses Impede Momentum really, really well. And uh, I think a lot of players aren't doing it really well or aren't playing it very efficiently in, in, in respect um, as you know, other players I've played. Um, and so it doesn't give, it doesn't um, seem like it's going to be you know, as effective in either ending the game or you know, delaying the turns. But in, in terms of actually delaying like combat and, and like getting you to survive, um, that's a, it's a very, very powerful spell for that. So three turns of stun is going to be very important. So yeah, um, how about to you, Micah? All right, for me, I had, uh, going in, I had Talos Lookout number one, Clarion Geyser two, Pixie Illusionist three, Impede Momentum four, and Academy Wall number five. Um, now, um, Talarian Geyser, still number one. Card's incredible. 
I'm really glad y'all uh, evangelized me to the sick tempo cards a few sets ago. Uh, also, adding incidental life gain. I feel like that's just like huge. It's um, but yeah. And then next up, I have Talos Lookout cards built in two for one and a three power flyer. So you know, awesome. Impede momentum number three for me. Uh, if you're trying to be a really proactive and aggressive, card's great. If you're just trying to keep something from killing you for a while, card's great. Like it helped me stabilize at one one game, and eventually I was able to come back and win. Um, this one's a little bit bold, but as Coast has been saying, I've been playing a lot of domain. Vote a C scavenger, three mana three two that allows you to basically uh, look at the top X where X is your domain and pick one, leave it on top, put the rest on the bottom. Um, just smoothing out your draws and you're playing a lot of domain. Plus, it typically finds a way to trade up. And then I have Timely Interference at number four. Uh, sick tempo cards that can also basically like, kill you. Or number five, my apologies. Um, basically, it can also be a card that says basically kill a creature and draw a card, and that's pretty cool. Um, and so, for me, this is going to come down to Timely Interference versus Shore Up because the rest of y'all's cards are the same. Although, Treat is not a Tolarian Geyser number one. But I think I'm eventually going to have to give this one a Kosa as well. Uh, the Geyser being rated higher, and plus I'm more into the Interference than I am the Shore Up. But I get and understand all the reasons Tree advocated for his number three blue common. Shore Up. When we get to the the last segment of the final awards, um, I will say that I actually think that Shore Up might be the better card between the two. However, Shore Up is probably going to end up in the uh, season of renewal spot, I believe, because it is still very underrated uh, in that people just don't realize how much you get blown out for one blue mana. <laughs> the plus one untap. It's pretty insane. So anyways uh yep so now costa you get to kick us off in black okie dokie well uh in black last time i had phyrexian rager uh number one followed by extinguish the light tribute to urborg shadow prophecy and writhing necromass uh today my rib list uh still have phyrexian rager number one followed by phyrexian warhorse number two extinguish the light at number three tribute to urborg at number four and writhing micro no i can't talk necromass at number five um there have been a lot of uh things that i've heard and seen with phyrexian rager like how good is it really in this format i still think it's really darn good uh and it combines really well with my phyrexian warhorse um Three mana, two two, draw a card, and it is fodder for so much. Um, you know, bone shards, um, the like I said, the horse, uh, sacrificing it to like a Benelish um, sleeper or whatever ETB. Like it just has like a lot of use cases, and it just stops the one ones on the ground, which is usually really nice. Uh, the warhorse has been quite a pain in the rear and quite amazing so it's it's I, that tells me it's a good card because every time i see it i just feel like i'm in trouble every time i play it i feel like i can't lose making that one one uh for an extra mana so it being five mana instead of four uh, but having fodder to pump it up is really really nice um and it really messes with combat pretty hard extinguish the light 
Um, it slid for me and truthfully, this probably should slide a little bit further because the problem with extinguish the light is you don't want to start with this card. I feel like the double black pip, it's really hard to kind of start doing the other things, uh, especially like getting into domain and stuff. Uh, typically what happens is I'll be already be in white, black or, or, uh, red, black. Um, and then this card ends up following suit. Um, and when it is in the decks, it's really good. Um, and that three life on the three CMC less has been very, very good. Tribute to Urborg, same thing that I said last time about this. It's not just a removal spell, it's a combat trick. Um, and funny enough, this card has been absolutely backbreaking to my opponents uh, when I get to face their lovely little 2-2 uh, within list and Scry's 2 in the list. It's a rare, I'm forgetting it right now, but uh, my opponents think they have it in the bag and then I, I drop this on them and it, it feels so good. So that might be my bias kicking in, but it has worked very well in those scenarios. And then the Necromast, just a 5-5 Death Touch with reduced costs um, is also very backbreaking. Uh, go against a lot of uh, Territorial Moros and the 4-6 Sojourners and all the big stuff. And this thing just stops it in their tracks, which is really, really nice. So um, those are my top five. Mr. Tree, what you got? Okay. Um, <clears throat> for my primer, I had Extinguish the Light, number one. Phyrexian Rage at number 2, Battlefly Swarm at number 3, Tribute to Urborg at number 4, and Eerie Salt Tender at number 5. Um, and now my Run It Back um, experience. Um, I'm going to put now Phyrexian Rage at number 1, because um, it's a you know, solid 3-drop, e uh, easy to cast, um, and gets you that one extra card. Um, everything that Kosa said. <clears throat> um, and it's a 2-2 two -two instead of a 2-1, which is actually fairly decently relevant at some point. Um, Number two is Extinguish the Light. Um, push that down just because, you know, the reasons of the double black pip. Um, but it is still, like, the premier removable spell in black. So, you know, just got to keep it. And the, the three life is no joke to, get, um, to gain whenever you kill that creature with um, CMC3 or less. Especially those pesky legendary creatures that you want to get rid of. Um, very much so. And then, um, yes, I have recognized the power of Frexian War. So it's made my uh, top five lists um yeah just just going wide um getting that extra creature is just going to be in crazy and like it may seem like just a hill giant in four mana three three but you know the sacking for one um to give it plus two plus one not just plus one plus one but plus two plus one is really really important here now i kicked off the tribute to urborg with a removable spell and i want to put on urborg repossession um getting that I really love the recursion in the green black decks and it's really 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 good um this is just one mana bring back something gain two life right one mana raise dead gain two life and then if you kick it you'll get a um another i actually didn't read this carefully permanent uh, yeah it gets another permanent not just a um another creature so if you kick it and kicking is only green and one other so two more mana so three mana bring back a creature and another permanent and you gain two life and you know it's practically a two for one and it's just really really cheap to do and really nice uh, setup especially when you're trading off creatures left and right and then just getting buying back your biggest creature um basically negging their removal spell or something like that now i left the eerie sultan at five um and that was it was between that and the writhing necromass um just because I feel like, uh, sure, it may be come down to the, the Necromass might get cheaper to play, but the Eero Cell Tender gives you extra recursion as well. Being a 3-1 um, mills, uh, milling 3 
gets you the cards you need in your graveyard if you need to do that um, for some reason. <clears throat> but also, it trades up, and then the extra ability of for five mana to exile it and bring something back, a creature that you you know really want later in the game, is just really, really, really good at that point. You know, you know, rebuying another writhing necromancer one should die. So that's why you know Eerie Soul Tenor is at my number five. Okay, kick it off to you, Micah. All right, for me, uh, before I had Phyrexian Ranger number one, Eerie Soul Tenor number two, Extinguished Light three, Tribute to Urborg four, and Urborg Reposition five. Now we are three for three. We all have Phyrexian Ranger number one. To me, it's play it, draw a card, trade it, first chance get, two for one your opponent. Let's go. Uh, number two, I have Phyrexian Vivisector. A two drop, uh, two two. That whenever a creature you control dies, including itself, you get to scry one. Um, this card's been really good with the style of decks I've been playing, particularly the ones that play like Lagomos and uh, Garna. Cards we'll probably talk about later. Um, and the scry is very useful, filtering out your draws, and it fits really nicely there. And you want a saturation of two drops. Uh, number three, I have Eerie Soul Tender. Um, I just. Like Tree said, uh, I just feel like if you're playing black, you really want to get a bunch of these recursive. There's a lot of recursive cards in this set. And so Eerie Soul Tender is really up there. Like you say, it can trade up and then gets back your um, pet card that we'll be talking about next. Um, for Then I have Battlefly. Oh, I didn't put Fly in there. I didn't put, or actually, I didn't actually want to do this. Uh, Battlefly Swarm, uh, the one mana, one, one flyer in black. Um, like Costa said, uh, with the death touch on Riley Necromass, um, it's a little pesky little boy that, although uh, there's the really bad bone splitter in this set that holds that really good if you're forced to run that card. Um, all the all these little dinky 1-1 one, one flyers and all the colors do. Um, but also just the, the relevance it has late game. Uh, I know Chris had this one in his primer list, and I really like the way it's played. I try to have a one-up every time I play black. And then Tattered Apparition... Uh, it's just a shade. It flies, forming a two-two that can has black breathing, and it just uh, it's just played really well. Threat of activation is usually a very relevant on this card, and I like it so much that I didn't put any removal spells on my list just because whenever I play it, I'm pretty much like. I'm not really worried about that. That's just going to work itself out. There's like so much good, like combat tricks, removal, etc. I was like, I wouldn't have enough, like good creatures that give me good value. And that's how, kind of how I valued it. And like, and I extinguished the light is like the double black just kills it for me. Cause I'm so greedy. Um, I just like, all right, get, even though, no, but that doesn't make sense. Cause then if I'm that greedy, I should, I should really, be eager to run the double black pip then right guys i'm being consistent with myself yes yes but all right uh to do to the actual analyzing now uh i've never actually played with or against phyrexian warhorse so this is hard for me which i find shocking so y'all both have it so high and i'm like how have i not seen this and i've experienced in my brain I love writhing necromass so much. The card saved my my keister so many times. I think I'm gonna go with tree just because I love eerie soul tender. But oh, black was actually the hardest color for me. There's so many cool commons. 
I, in terms of the comments, I found Black to be the hardest. I very much agree. Chris, how did you find it? Um, yeah, I mean, it has a lot of. I think it goes back to what you were saying. Uh, maybe not. You were talking specifically about the removal, but I think just in general, there's a lot of cards here that are replaceable. Um, so I had to choose like the irreplaceable effects, which I mean, mm-hmm. Eerie could be on there, but because Urborg repossessions in there, and I like that card better, um, so therefore they kind of cancel each other out. So, and mm-hmm. it's actually kind of funny too because Battle Rage Blessing is another card that uh acts like the um the white one that i just had on my list take up the shield yeah so it's like a it's like a a worse version but still very very good uh especially in these archetypes where you're going wide so uh i I just found a lot of cards replaceable so maybe that's why y'all find it harder um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah uh still uh, black seemed to have quite a bit of depth if you if you just had an idea of where you were you were going so Yep. But all right. Now we move on to red. And tree gets to kick us off. Don't forget to work right, Finally. Um coming back. Um uh, I have got uh, my primer list is uh, Lightning Strike, Keldon Strike Team, Mario's Outrider, Coalition Warbrute, and Gitu Amplifier. Okay. So let's go to the running back. So I still have Lightning Strike as number one, Keldon Strike Team as number two. Now I've moved up the Geek to Amplifier to number three, um, and I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and I've got Flow Soon Infusion number four, and the Marius Outrider at number five. Okay, all right. So Lightning Strike, you know, um, two mana bolt um, goes anywhere. So nothing much more to say about that. Um, Keldon Strike Team, um, I really like this just because it's um, so it's it is a three mana what three one and it. So that doesn't seem great, but then when you do get to kick it for f- five mana total, so that's white, um, white and another mana um, as its kicker cost, you get two one-one soldier tokens, and all creatures have haste as long as you- it was kicked this turn. So you can just basically, you know, send it in and immediately like strike in for five damage. And um, especially if you have like other creatures that need attack triggers and stuff, you know, it just adds on to that and it's really, really good. And having the additional two bodies is also really important. So um, especially in the that archetype, the red-white archetype that this is catered towards. But even if you're splashing it and using that splash clicker, it's, it's also perfectly splashable at that point. Um, for the G2 amplifier, um, that is the uh, two mana one two, and you can kick it for three. Uh, bl- I believe it's a two blue and two, and um, you can bounce a creature um, back to its own. So that's really really flexible. Um, you know, I guess Tolarian geyser esque, um, but on a stick. And um, <clears throat> sure, you can save it for that, but you don't always have to play with the kicker. You know, it is a two mana one two that whenever you play a spell, you it gets plus two plus o. So you know, it pumps it almost. Um, it's not quite what's the um, flame kiln plus three plus oh but you know it's really really good at that point so when you're in this deck um and you're going to be playing lots of spells especially like that flowstone infusion i'm going to be saying later on um you know you can trade up really really easily and you can get in a lot of damage that you otherwise wouldn't be able to <clears throat> so number four the flowstone infusion um you know it's a sort of a uh, shock but it's a plus two plus uh, plus two minus two um, so you can use it as a removal spell, or you can use it as a, a pump spell if you need to. So if you have a creature that has trample, you know, and that extra power to you know push through a lot more damage if you really, really need to do that. 
but otherwise it's just fine and it's really really cheap um also a combat trick um in that respect um mario's outrider um this has done i don't know how how much damage this thing has done but it's done so much damage um even with even when you play it's a five mana four four with reach when etbs it deals damage equal to domain um so m most most of the time it's going to be doing two but even if you have the, that third land it's going to do three and that's going to that's that's going to make or break some game sometimes especially if you can like bounce it from sometimes like there is the garden golden argosy if you manage to <laughs> draft that crew it bounce it again deal domain damage again especially if you have five um the full domain that's gonna be five damage and that's gonna be especially late game um especially if you're building around this it's gonna be really really good so that's why it's you know it's eked out most of the other stuff at number five all right to you coaster Alrighty. uh well last time Oops, gotta get to my list again. Blah, 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 All right. So last time I had Lightning Strike at number one, followed by Yavamata Steel Crusher, Flowstone Infusion, Coalition Warbrew, and Vyoshino Branch Rider. Uh, list is a little bit different, but not the number one spot because Lightning Strike still held it there. Kind of figured it would. It's Lightning Strike, it's face, it's creature damage, it's whatever you want it to be. It's McDonald's, whatever. Uh, and number two, G2 Amplifier. Um, everything Tree just pointed out, but again, I'll just provide that this is a great two drop. And then when you have the blue mana and are able to kick it, uh, then it's a great uh, quote unquote tempo removal spell. Um, and we'll just keep checking on through. This card has done a lot of damage uh, and times very well with uh, timely uh, interference. For Mary's Outrider, I agree the power level with this card. I also want to point out the thing that I pointed out earlier, which is people know about this card, which makes it sometimes hard to get a bunch of these and to do the whole domain thing. However, when you get to do this card, you get to do it very well or you get to do you however you want to look at it. Uh, yeah, it's just a great card. Um, Lava Axe on a 4-4 reach seems dumb. Flowstone Kavu, uh, it's a it's not as boring as the soaring drake uh albeit that's another really good card that probably could have made a top five list pretty easily it was on chris's last time uh but it does mess with combat uh pretty well uh, enough to where it makes your opponent really stop to think okay do i sit back here and, and trade with the card or just let it pound me away because it has menace uh, it can grow itself so great card there Keldon strike team i was pretty low on this card uh, just my initial thinking about it in the beginning but this card really has just done well um the three one haste part is tremendous and then it bringing two more bodies and doing more damage is also tremendous uh there are a few times where uh, it's really nice because it gives the other tokens the haste, which means that you can quote unquote crew it for your enlist, which is really nice when you don't want to trade them. It just has a lot of little nuances to it uh, that made this card really fly up on the list. And again, I played red white quite a bit, so I'm well versed in <laughs> what I can do and how I can do it uh, going wide with these cards. Uh, but those are my five. What is your verdict? All Supreme Judge. All hail Marius Outriders! I have that number one. The hell with my oldest. I don't care about that. Uh, it did not give enough love to Marius Outriders. I don't even want to say what it was. But it was Lightning Strike, Flitzer, Infusion, Kellen Strike Team, Marius Outrider, Vision Shadow, Branch Rider. Forget all those cards. The only card that matters 
Zamaria's Outriders. <laughs> I absolutely adore this card. Uh, if you don't know, it's like this will be my pick for these duels in the set. Um, and DW even had it number one in the color. But y'all both said it's like it's really strong. It's just like the longer the format goes on, it becomes harder to do. But uh, I believe I mentioned the untap last week that uh, I had a game where I like cast it like five times just because I had all these raised deads traded away with another creature, raised dead, cast it again. Eerie Soul Tender it back to my hand, cast it. And, there's a, and I, I think all the damage I did that game was from freaking Maria's Outriders. Um, and I'll run two-color duels. I'm not even in just to have the, the domain for it. I don't care. Um, yeah, I love that card. Uh, Lightning Strike. I don't think there's anything scarier in this set than an unblocked G2 amplifier. Uh, between like twin casts and all the combat tricks, that's like terrifying. I think I 18 my opponent one turn one time. Uh, not even hard to do that really with that card. Uh, Flowstone Cavu. Uh, the card you just really don't want to block because I really gave that card some love. And then I ended mine with Flowstone Infusion just because I feel like I end up wanting to have at least one of them in my red decks whenever I play this format. Um, I really want to give it, I think, well, first I'm coast is the one that gave the most love to Mary's outrider. So he's obviously just going to win. I'm sorry, tree. <laughs> um, dang, but y'all also, so what are the different card really paying off yeah. the judges? What's up? The Calvu. The Cavu versus the infusion. Yeah. I had the Cavu higher personally. Like I said, removal is a little bit replaceable. Are quite a bit replaceable in this format, I think. And uh, the cavalry is just like, like it's not, ex- I don't think it's just not exciting. But then when you play against it, you're like, I just don't want to block this thing because I have to get two creatures and they're going to pump it up for power, probably kill both mine. Or it's like you have to trade with like your big creature and a smaller one or to just like chump it or else you just have to keep taking two. Um, yeah, I really like the cavalry, but yeah, uh, all hail Mario's Outriders. Uh, God's perfect magic card, that is. Um, all right, moving on to green. Let's round out these commons. We're making good time here. Costa, kick us off. Okie doke. Uh, so, green. Last time I had Death Bloom, Gardener at number one, followed by Bite Down, Floriferous, Vine Wall, Scout the Wilderness, and Vine Shaper Prodigy. Today I have Sunbathing Rootwalla at number one, followed by Colossal Growth at number two, Scout the Wilderness, Wilderness at number three, Magna Goth Sentry at number four, and Gaia's Might at number five. I'm sure this is a very odd list for y'all, but I will go ahead and make my arguments. Uh, sunbathing Rootwalla is very, very scary. I will just put that uh, as a big disclaimer. This, even though it only has one threat of activation, the fact that it can activate uh, and become basically bigger than most things, aside from territorials, uh, morrows, and sojourners, and little things like that, uh, this card gets pretty big and it's a 2 2. And I found that it's really needed in the green curve, especially if you're doing anything outside of domain, uh, which is pretty hard not to do since domain really lends itself to being able to do that. But there are, you know, green, red, green, white strategies um, and just having a splash and turning this into a five, five attacker, or even a four, four attacker is just really, really, really good. So 
he's a number one uh colossal growth being able to push that damage through it's a you know giant growth for two mana but for three mana you get to add it uh plus one plus one so it'd be plus four plus four and giving something trample and haste people do not realize that this also gives haste which means that i can go ahead and play amaru uh, and make it have haste and i have done this a few times and i really enjoy it so colossal growth has got a little flexibility that people don't realize it's got the wilderness again lending to that domain uh the big thing you want to do in green here and if you happen not to be in domain but you are in green white well this adds a little token and tokens which i didn't mention before but are, are very valuable this isn't like a throwaway token uh, you want your tokens to do things, and these tokens tend to do things. So great value added on. Magnagoth Century, uh, just a 4-4 Reacher, but I have found that whether I'm in Domain or anything that deals with green, having a way to slow down the game very hard, especially against Flyers, uh, this card does it very well. And, uh, you know, I kicked off the Vine Shaper Prodigy. Um, I did kind of struggle with this between that and Gaia's Maya, but hopefully, oh, sorry, the totality of this was Vine Shaper Prodigy really just sticks in the domain um, and you're paying four mana to draw a card, 2-2 two, two body. Normally that seems really good. It just didn't play out that way, but Gaia's Might can really get your opponent. And again, green, domain, don't say this again, but sometimes you just squeeze an extra five bit of damage and it's uh, pretty, pretty back-breaking. So those are my five. Really quick before Tree goes, I once had an opponent Gaia's Might with five domain onto a G2 Amplifier. Just mm. want to throw that out there. Mm. Very, very, very dirty. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, all right. Um, I'll try my list again. Um, so I have my primary at Bog Badger, Bite Down, Magnagol Sentry, Elfheim Worm, and Colossal Growth. So I had a bit of a change. <clears throat> so I actually kicked Elfheim Worm to the top, um, just because it's a five minute five four vigilance and trample. And for some reason, that is like if I feel like that has been quite hard to take down and quite hard to attack into. Um, so I think like just having your first one up there is going to be really, really good. Uh, if you're in green, it's quite splashful. I believe it's only, um, a green in four, but those stats are just, you know, really good for those effects that you have. Um, I still wanted to give, um, some love to the bite down removal here, <clears throat> just because you can blow out people just because if you, you know, you're playing right, you, you bite down something that they do a combat trick or a pump into. So the instant speed bite down is going to be really, really good sometimes. The the third one is Flurfus Vinewall. So I have this in hedge to the fact that not only does it play into the defender strategy with the wing main cha uh, wing mental chaplain that we'll talk about later, but um, it it's just a it comes down on two. It's a zero two. It blocks um, not very well, but it, it blocks decent enough to you know, slow things down. Um, it can basically be a sack fodder. It can be, um, but it digs you and finds you your land that you need, especially if you're in the domain, because you can grab any any lands that you, you want here. Um, yeah, it says six cards, six cards deep is really, really hard. It's really, really deep. So um, I think this is just a fine filler on the two drop curve and, you know, you can get you where you need to go um, in multiple different decks. <clears throat> on your, on my fourth one, you have Deathbloom Gardener. And the reason why I have it here is because mainly the, the Death Touch. Not that, uh, I mean, the, the fact that it's a, um, uh, what, mana fixer, it adds one mana of any color, um, helps you play splash into anything you really want to, really. But the fact that it's a death toucher stops a lot of aggressive strategies or the big, 
big strategies um and people just don't realize it and i don't know why <clears throat> they just attack into it and trade off their their big five fives for this one one death toucher and then um as what costa said guys might it can be most of the time it's a plus two plus two but most um on average i think um or the not most of the time but it's at least a plus two plus two for guys might on average it's a giant growth and then you know giving something plus five plus five is insane just especially for ending up the game one mana really hard to play around as well so <clears throat> great combat trick so <clears throat> that's it i would like to say one thing <laughs> um so something that i tried different this time uh because i noticed i haven't had a lot of time to really grind the ladders is really just trying out what the archetypes can do and uh, I don't know if y'all noticed, but Deathbloom Gardener dropped all the way from one to not on the list. And the reason was because I ran three of these in a deck just to see, you know, really maximize this whole ramp strategy and one, one and stuff. Um, again, small sample size of one here, but through my, I think it ended up going like three and three. So the six games that I played, they turned out to be like, I was so disappointed because I was so high on bite down, which is also not on my list of like using the whole bite down to kill the big creature and stuff. And all the time my opponents have one, one tokens, which is what the format is or stupid ways to wrath my board, either with the, the rare, the choking miasma, the stupid red card, smash to dust. Uh, so anyways, I, I'm not arguing this at all. I'm just like, I w had such high hopes for this card, but the thing, the other part I want to point out was, Yes, I've gotten my opponent so many times thinking this is just a ramp card and they just don't see the death touch. I don't know why, but maybe you just don't play enough. <laughs> well, all righty then. On to my list. Uh, I actually had Costa fill in my list while I was at work today and I forgot about a card and I was like, so I had to change that real quick. Um, my uh, original list was also not, in the, I don't think I had this in a, the actual order, but they were like Snare Spinner. It's a fine card, not not great, but it's not it's not top five, but it's a fine card. Madrigoth Sentry, really like that card. Bite Down, I still really like that card. Bog Badger, not as good as I thought it was gonna be. And Vine Choper Prodigy, apparently. Uh that was one that one's on me. I was the one that wrote that wrote that one, I think. Did I? I don't know. Um but um now uh this is kind of hard for me in terms of order. And I was like if I saw all these in a pack, I'd think I would default pack. I'd probably just take bite down. Uh, so I put that one. I still have Yavimaya Sojourner. I've done a lot of domain. It's pretty much every, as soon as I start seeing like Mario's Outrider or it's like, I don't know what to take in this pack. I'm going to take this dual land. Um, I just kind of start defaulting towards domain. It's like, even if it, it, it becomes a sub theme in pretty much every single deck that I run. I think I have, I have the 15 decks I've done on arena. I think only one or two didn't actually have at least three to four colors of mana in the mana base. So um, next up, I have Vine Shaper Prodigy. I don't think it's just saying it's a 2-2 two -two that draws a card. It's a 2-2 two -two that looks at the top three uh, impulses. You look at the top three and get to take one. Um, but also, if you just need to play it on two, then it's the most unexciting Grizzly Bear ever. But it's a very fine card on four, I think. And... It's kind of like the Phyrexian Ranger. I still want to play it and then trade it away immediately and get that two for one. I still have Deathbloom Gardener on there because I'm a, I typically run uh, a lot of colors and it's fixing. I don't care about ramp, so to speak. I'm not care about going 
ramping, but like fixing is my main thing. And then having the death touch body after the fact that just to annoy if they, my opponent wastes their removal spell on it, I'm okay with that. Um, but I think because of your point, is I don't think ramping is what you want to do in this format, but uh, because like the like three, four, five is like we'll talk later, but it's like unless you're like green won't have trouble getting to like these like five or like we'll talk about something like five drops but six is just like whatever i'm not trying to ramp that hard i think you get better value elsewhere and then sunbathing root wall i don't know how i forgot about this this card's incredible i love it it's like a little mini maria's outrider that's not um threat of activation is great uh it's just the most one of the most annoying cards to deal with in combat i was surprised like i feel like this card came out like Four years ago, they would have stapled it, like activate only as a sorcery or something on there like that, and everyone's like, it would have been like, okay, whatever. But this card as it is is like, okay, this card's super sick. I probably have it if I remembered it before. I probably have it as number two, probably number one, um, the best green common creature. I think pretty pretty easily because uh, it, it can go in pretty much anything. Um, and so as I look at y'all's lists, I'm a I mean, I just, like, a couple days ago, lost a deck that just killed me with Colossal Gross and Gaia's Mites. And I love Love of the Century, and I really like Scout the Wilderness. But I also like Deathbloom Gardener. I'm not really big on Flirtfuss Vinewall. After I ran that deck, that had, like, four or five of them in there. Don't ask me about it. Um, I'm going with Costa again. Sorry, Trey. <laughs> um, well, the Sunbathing uh, Walla. I love the I love the root walla. I love the root walla. I like the gardener. Um, I got burned by Fluffruff Vine Wall. We are bite down bros though. We always have that bite down bros. Um, and Elfheim Worm's annoying. It was the card I took off for some <laughs> the the root walla. Um, the, the, thing right. with, the thing with bite down, the reason why it just fell off my list was uh, in the mirror matchup of green, it almost does nothing. You have to have the big stuff. And even if you have the big stuff again, when you have Sojourner, like you're using a lot to get through with it. Now, against other decks, it's fine. But yeah, I just, I, I was really surprised by those two cards, like how much they fell off for me. So. Anyways, sad day. Alrighty, let's move on to uncommons. After commons, we are at nine to six. Costa's winning. Um, we still have everything to play for. Tree is our defending champion, but Costa is going in with the edge. Costa, kick us off. White common, uh, uncommons. Let's go. White uncommons. Yep. So last time I had Phyrexian Missionary at number one, followed by Prayer of Binding at number two, followed by Knight of Dawn's Light at number three. Uh, today I have Knight of Dawn's Light at number one, Phyrexian Missionary at number two, and Wing Mantle Chaplain at number three. Uh, so Knight of uh, Dawn card is just, it, it needs an answer. It's a 2 2 first striker, happens to be highly relevant in this format. Uh, again, with the combat tricks, the only ones that really blow you out are the two mentioned before with the uh, take up the shield and then the um, whatever the black one is, uh, because it's give indestructible because everything else uh, usually you can just pump your way out of it. And because as first strike, it, it really just is pretty devastating. And that incidental life gain stuff is is quite funny how they, they did it so tastefully instead of making it like a, a main 
appetite or main course, if you will. So night of the dawn is really good. Uh, Phyrexian missionary. It's also really solid. The only reason why it dropped down was I can do more things with night than I can with the missionary, uh, meaning that I don't have to splash block if I'm not in it. However, it's a really good reason to splash block. So I wouldn't necessarily call it uh, a downside. It's not a, it's not a bug. It's more of a, however they, I forgot how they'd call it a bug versus a, um, whatever, whatever LR does. Feature. Anyway, uh, thank you. Feature. Thank you. Uh, and then wing mantle chaplain. Um, I know I mentioned before about people figuring out the format and obviously defenders got picked up pretty quick and I think it's a little overdrafted. However, I did submit a deck to Mr. Micah and I have done a few more where I just have, you know, like this and a couple of the O3 walls and whatnot. And it ends up really grinding out my opponents so much so that I said to myself, you know what, this isn't really so much a defender card as it is just a value card. And again, at the end of the day, it makes a bird with it, which means more fodder to sacrifice and to go wide with. So uh, card ended up being more than just a defender and why it made number three, because if you do happen to be in the defenders deck, it is easily number one. So those are my three. Okay, um, uh, not much to say about that. Okay, so let's see here. My first list um, was Knights of Light Dawn, Prior of Binding, and Cleaving Skyrider. Um, you know, that changed. The Cleaving Skyrider is a bit more expensive. Um, Prior of the Binding, um, the removal is quite replaceable, as um, Kosa always says. <clears throat> but for my number one, I have Rexin Missionary. Um, so that's why I said uh, we have the same list, basically. Um, but it's in a different order. Frex Missionary, uh, being able to, it does so much. So it's two mana, two, three lifelinger. That's already great on rates. Think of um, what you call it, the Aether Mage, Aether Rogue, whatever, from Kaladesh. Um, and then if you kick it for just one black, you get to, you know, get Gravedig something, anything, any creature, basically. Um, and just having the lifelink is actually really relevant in, in this format as well. Just, you know, keeping your life total high so you don't get cheesed out by those heroic charges, um, those red-white aggressive decks. Um, so that's why I have it number one. Um, I kicked, and then I kicked down the night of lights on. <clears throat> so I have number two, actually, is the Wing Mantle Chaplain. Actually, this is... You know, I feel like, yeah, you say the, the, the Defender deck is overdrafted, and I, I do quite agree, but even if you get one of these, and I, I think I wholeheartedly agree in this format, is that you can just pick up a win, Wing Mantle Chaplain and just go all in into that Defenders as much as you can, and you will get paid off. Just because, you know, having those multiple Defenders, getting the multiple 1-1s, flying um, just extra fodder, and you can win with just that because it's just that backbreaking, devastating. Um, and if you can recur it, fantastic, you know? Um, so Night of Light Dawn is now number three, and, you know, it's it's a fantastic card. Needs an answer. So just like um, Kosa said. Okay, I mean, I'm going to leave it at that. Go ahead to you, Micah. Uh Read another change, Costa, by the way. Um, so for me, what did I have before? Phyrexian Missionary, Prayer of Binding, and Wing Mantle cha uh, Chaplain. Um, I still like Prayer of Binding. Uh, me now, I have Phyrexian Missionary number one. Uh, I love that card. Uh, Knight of Dawn's Light card is like the most annoying thing to deal with, and it's on your opponent's side of the battlefield. And 
whenever you have it, you just feel like you feel like you're in such a good spot. Um, when I set my list to coast, I did have prayer or binding. And I was like, nah, that's dumb. Wing mantle chaplains up there again at number three. Uh, I'm not all in on it as a value card like you two, but the most absurd deck I played with in this format is a deck that had three of those, two of the tutor ones. And then, well, I said, I posted that deck in our discord. It was like the most, it was like the de facto, it like two blight piles, two, no, one, only one walking bulwark. Um, and I like four of the tappers and, oh my goodness, that deck was insane. Um, although I did, um, drop a couple of games to like, where you like, I play wing mantle chaplain and make a couple birds. They'd kill it. And then it's like the birds couldn't get past like snare spinners or other reach creatures. And so basically they didn't really end up. I, I couldn't really do anything and I felt kind of bad. Um, so maybe green is like the, the kryptonite to the defender. Ah, maybe that's just a bad joke. I don't know, but I feel like this is a tie. This guy's like tree and I have the same number one. We all have the same three cards. Um, and if we go back to order, uh, Costa has the knight higher, but I feel like or I'm going to call it a tie, but Tree's going to get the points on the... because he's behind and we want to keep this interesting. Tie goes to the whoever's um, has less points. We'll go a new rule moving forward, maybe, possibly. I think also if you just look at the list, like y'all both have Frex Missionary number one. You have chaplain higher and you're higher on the card so therefore that automatically sizes it two which is what he has putting your knight at number three even though you listed at number two so i think I for think, me for example, missionary knight are like this yeah i think i think the thing that people don't realize is this eats so much removal and that sounds bad but you love it because your two drop just ate probably the one of the few removal spells that they have because they know they have to deal with it and you quickly follow it up with a three and four drop that are just as good maybe not just as good but like griffin protector at four is like also backbreaking so um by the way i'm not all in on the value part of this i think when i draft this card i'm saying to myself like when i'm drafting the card is like what happens if i don't get there and this card easily slides into the value slot which is what made it so like high on the list for me because don't get me wrong like if i could draft the defenders deck all day i would because of this card but i know that it's usually not going to happen unless it's bots so all right let's move on um tree, tree you get to kick us off with blue okay trying to move move it along um my Primer was going to be um, Frost for Strider, Battlewing Mystic, and Rona's Vortex. I think this was one of the, I guess, I felt like the weaker list, but um, my new one is Battlewing Mystic, Micromancer, and Rona's Vortex. <clears throat> okay, so Battlewing Mystic, you know, 2 1 flyer for 2. Great, fantastic. Uh, can kick for an extra red to discard your hand and draw 2 extra cards. Going to be fantastic when you play this late game. Uh, otherwise, you should play early in Bastion. Um, Micromancer, um, it is just a hill giant, uh, 4 mana 3-3, three, three. but the amount of 1 mana spells that you can grab and that really matter in this game, in, in this format, is insane. All you need is like 3, um, 2 or 3, and just getting that 1 mana spell that you know you need, uh, like the Shore Up or the um, Timely Interference, um, that's going to be very, very important in this, uh, or like maybe if you need the Flow Stone Infusion for the red, or like the or Borg repossession something like that anyways 
you know, it's just grand, like, you know exactly what you get. And that's really important for this one map for some reason. Um, and then I have Ronin's Vortex has a, you know, an unsummon, basically. Um, oh, that's the other one mana. Um, and But you can kick it, and it will go ahead and just basically put it on the bottom of the deck, basically removing it from the battlefield um, for all intents and purposes. So um, I think this is a great tempo card as well as just a removal spell. Um, and, you know, also another thing that synergizes with the Micromancer. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Right. Go ahead, Kirsten. Yep. Uh, last time I had Jin of the Fountain, followed by Battlewing Mystic and Rona's Vortex. Today I have Battlewing Mystic at number one, followed by Rona's Vortex. And this is going to be an odd one to y'all, Combat Research. Do y'all even know what that card does? <laughs> well, if you don't know, it's a... I'm curious, Costa. I'm curious. Yeah, right. Exactly. Curious. Is it an obsession? I don't know. But... Uh, Let's start off with Battling Mystic. Uh, cards a 2-1 flyer at bare minimum. Really, really solid. Um, if you are splashing red, you have no hand or hellbends, guess what? You get two cards. Pretty amazing card, in my humble opinion. Runa's Vortex. Uh, it's a blue mana temple spell. And uh, if you have black, you get to hard remove something. Also pretty amazing. Also a spell slinger card. It's proactive. It's reactive. It's all of the above, which makes it really awesome. Combat research, the oddball, the black sheep in the family. Uh, this card is pretty awesome. Um, now this is hedged more towards the blue flyers side of this, meaning that I have at least a couple of flyers or evasive creatures. But I have ran away with games because I put this on a pixie add this on there and outvalue my opponents with draw cards. I have won tons and tons of games with this card and I really haven't gotten blown out much because that you, I mean, I, I will say, I, I think as the, uh, you know, above average magic players and some play a lot, like uh, there are things that my opponents do that make like signal to me. Okay. I'm going to get blown out here. So don't play it, but you can't get blown out on going turn to pixie. It's very hard. So um yeah and then on you know if i happen to put it on my legendary 2-1 flyer then i make a copy of it it gets plus one plus one has ward it's super dumb so this card is overperformed for me that's my three go ahead micah all right uh going in i had battling mystic one frostfist strider two rona's vortex three um this is blue blue uncommons are kind of hard for me this is probably the ones i got the least experience with um First thing I'd say is I, uh, I just I had my list. Then I was like, I didn't feel good about it, and I actually just took Jin off it because I'm like, it's just too slow. <laughs> and they cast it. They like removal spell. Like, oh, you phase it out. Okay, your blocker's gone. Now you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I still think Frostfist Strider is really good. Do two blue pips. I kept the downside, mm-hmm. but it removes blockers. It has ward. Um, it's not really a downside because because you're going big blue and that's not the issue. In fact, there's really no issue with this card. I just think that the overall value at the five spot, there's so many things and it's usually like heroic charges. It's um, you know dragon pump. Like there's so many things going on. So it just you know it's just a four four with with lockdown. It's good. It's not bad. Yeah. It's just not easy. Um, so I think about being real, Battlewing Mystic, number one, Frostfist Strider, number two, and I put Rona's Vortex as my number three. Um, so everyone really loves them. A good 2-1 flyer for two, don't they? Um, that's, now it comes down. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Costa. <laughs> I prefer Combat Research to Micromancer myself, personally. Uh, 
also the ward whenever you put it on a legend is actually kind of relevant as well um and also i had an opponent go turn one pixie turn two two of these and then i just died oh um, my god that's <laughs> the dream <laughs> That's so good. It can tripped. That's so nice. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. I was like, do I just can see that? Like, they're like discarding the hand size. I'm just like, um, oh, that's yeah. So bad. points for Costa on to black. I'm here. Black. Yes. Gotcha. Costa. Go. White pile was number one, followed by choking miasma and braids frightful return. Today I have for you. Uh, the white brother, sorry, the black brother of the white brother here. It's a Knight of the Dust Shadow. <laughs> Card's really good. Followed by Black Pile, Braids, Fightful, Frightful Return. Uh, so the yin and the yang, there were. And uh, this card's really good. Has Menace, pumps itself. Opponent can't gain life. Also incidental. Really, really, really good. I love this card. Uh, black Pile uh, at number two, just because, again, uh, defender's deck overdrafted but it's still three three for two still drains even for one because it sees itself uh, i had a deck with four of these stopped the pumped the brakes on my opponent but i just died because i didn't have anything else to do because i had to pay mana which kind of sucked but hey i said i was gonna do it big and i did and then braids frightful return uh micah said it several times he saw me do these uh, nasty little things with uh, Logomos and Braids and this card played into it because I could sacrifice the creature, bring it back because it returned, yada yada yada. This card does a bunch of stuff. It's awesome. Those are my three. Go ahead, Dre. Okay. Um, my primer was going to be um, Knights of Dust Shadow, Sengu Connoisseur, and Choking My Asthma. And my new list is going to be a Bite, plio, bite Pile um, or Blight Pile, um, Cut Down, and Choking My Asthma. So I didn't really i haven't really played a lot of the black cards and stuff um and so you know kind of just kept it down to you know good uh tight list uh, the the black pile is really great in defender deck and you know just be able to, it can be a win condition which is why it's my state at my number one cut down it's still just, uh, just as a fine removal spell uh it's a great combat trick at this point you can break up blocks um and that's really the a good purpose of this is just to um if they double block and uh, kill something or kill something that you really really need to kill like um uh, those legends that you need to kill that are on two and three uh choking miasma is great because uh, i think the the format is also you know going wide um there's there are some decks that go wide but also this can this will kill a lot of creatures because there are a lot of x2s out, out out there and um being able to just get that um pump one up um it's just great um the knight of dust channel fell off just because it's I don't think um, Menace is as powerful as First Strike is, and the sure the the what you call it the the opponent can't gain life hasn't been too incidental, but um, it still has the same pump effect, which is fine. But the Menace isn't as powerful as First Strike, in my opinion, which is why it fell off my list. So that's it. Go ahead, Micah. Uh, for me, going in, Bolduvian Atrocity, LOL, Blight Pile, and then Braid's Frightful Return. Now. Braid's Frightful Return. Um, this is my pet uncommon. I'm not being so bold as to say I think it's the the best uncommon, but I think it's up there. It's like really... I see one of these in a pack, and I get excited because this thing can return a Marius Outrider to your hand from the graveyard. Um, this card's like... could If you have any sort of like tokens, this card could be like a built-in three-for-one, which is incredible. Um... 
I put choking my asthma on there. I'm going to be honest. Once I got past uh braids for return, all the rest of the black on comments got a little bit lackluster to me. Um, but I have had quite a few instances where choking my asthma was just like a complete blowout. Um, children's restoration, uh, mainly because, uh, kicked it, got back a mirror's art or dome my opponent for five gain five life. Um, but also it's just like, I just, whenever, every time I play back, I just want to have like, I almost like four to five cards that can return something, some form of recursion from my graveyard. And if I have to do like one where it's like just the dedicated spell, because I really like, like Phyrexian missionary creature that does it, even though it's technically a white card, the braids fry for return, the eerie soul tender stuff like that. But I really like having one shield or it's restoration mainly because, uh, the direct to the battlefield, I really enjoy, but if I was probably first picking, I'd probably go Knight of Dust Shadow above it. That's probably my number four. Um, I feel like saying it's not as good as Knight of Dawn's Light isn't really an insult because Knight of Dawn's Light is pretty absurd. But um, I'm uh, sorry, but I'm also be giving this one to Costa as well because he actually had my pet card on his list. Never got to play with Brace Fault or for Return, nor... Oh, you need to keep, you know. keep drafting until you do, my friend. <laughs> it's it's going to be euphoric. Yeah, I hope so. You know, uh, yeah, I, I haven't done much because, um, you know, a lot of the games have been really lopsided for me. And we'll talk about that later. All right, on to red. Costa. Okie doke. Uh, last time I had Herloon Battle Hymn at number one, followed by Electrostatic Infantry at number two, and Fires of Victory at number three. Today I have Balduvian Berserker, number one, Phoenix Chick, number two, Electrostatic Infantry at number three. Why the big change? No one asked. Well, Herloon Battle Hymn, replaceable. Uh, very, very solid. Not saying it is not good at all. I would like to know the disclaimer that the red uncommons were the hardest for me because the red uncommons were so good. Um, and that's why I had to really think about this one. And when I thought about it, I said, I have plenty of removal in here. What I don't have plenty of is a one, three that trades with virtually everything. If you stop and think about it, because this card makes blocking very, very bad. Even killing it at a one, three is really, really bad because guess what? It kills Mesa Cavaliers, one, one tokens, basically anything X one. This card was a menace to deal with. And my opponents did not like me playing it. Uh, and I don't like playing against my opponents with it. So easily number one for me, uh, Phoenix chick, uh, this card, like Machete said, which I already knew, uh, but you know, I wasn't going to tell him that because it was being nice. But uh, yeah, this card just says uh, deal three damage uh, for one mana because a lot of times you got to play it on turn one, which meant that it went unblocked for three turns most of the time. So card was really, really good. And then if you get to recur it, awesome stuff because it comes back as a 2-2. Um, and then Electrostatic Infantry, number three, uh, was really hard for me to do, but I have a good reason. And the good reason is it is so busted that it can not live past a turn because if it is protected at all guess what it gets to do kill your opponent so guess what it does eat a lot of removal so that's why i had to drop it down a little bit simply because i knew it was gonna die but i also knew my opponent had to deal with it love this card love red blue um but yeah those are my top three mr tree what do you have for me all right um coming into it i had electrostatic uh, infantry hurling battle him and the dragon whelp um, coming out of it, um, I still have Electrostatic Infantry. Um, haven't gotten to play a lot of red. 
just to be honest but you know so always i've always seen the infantry and it's always done great against it or whenever i played it it does great that way um and then the hurling battle hymn you know fantastic card just a four damage or something flame slash but far as victory is my number three um and that reason because it's going to be basically you're gonna want to play this in your hand um while you have it in your hand um you know, like a lot of cards in your hand to kill a lot of things so it can kill at most something at seven or maybe eight in in the game of limited at least um but you know be able to kick it and draw another extra card to replace itself um but it's just basically a really good removal spell for two mana on curve or on any part of the curve basically but yeah i mean yeah removal removal is replaceable but these are um i guess really really good removal spells in that respect so that's it go ahead micah all right for me going in herlu herlu battle him electrostatic infantry and phoenix chick coming out uh i still have Herloon battle him number one while i agree with costa as there is my most of my list is that i find removal fairly replaceable uh but nothing really stabilizes you like Herloon battle him and it's kicked it gets rid of a big creature it gains you some life um that's why I still have it up there. Electrostatic infantry. If they don't kill it, they're dead. Um, you get to untap with it. Bob's your uncle. This is yeesh. So even though probably 80 to 85% of the time when you play, it's going to die. There's a good reason for that. And then I also have Balduvi and Berserker myself. Uh, I remember texting Costa after it was like probably my first or second deck. I was like, this card's insane. Um, and it is for all the reasons he spoke of although getting it as like a seven three and if they trade it then they still take like seven is awesome and then plus they lost a creature uh so um so tree had my top card costa has berserker on there i really like chick um Whoa, this is interesting. I think I'm going to have to default to Tree just because he had the battle him on there. But I really like Berserker. I really like Chick. I really like Infantry. I re yeah, red, red on Commons is a hard one. But I also completely get Kosa's logic here. Yeah, and again, the replaceability I, is not... I only say that simply because a lot of times for me, even though I played a lot of right, white, red, white, I might add, the it's not necessarily replaceable as much as it was how do i rate these uncommons and so i just yeah. looked at like what is killing me and what am i killing with the most and that was killing more than saving right which like yeah. that berserker just ooh. that thing gets the ball rolling on turn two and then you're like nothing really puts you on the back foot like that card like uh, there's a motorboat and sob you old sailor you <laughs> all right let's 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 end this rodeo. Green time. Tree. Let us hear it. Okay. Primer. Um, I had the Mossbeard Ancient, the Terror Sunder, and Tail Swipe. Um, you know, very, very uh, geared towards removal. Um, and leaving out, I have actually Nishobi Brawler at number one, um, uh, Terror Sunder at number two, and the Mossbeard Ancient at number three. So Mossbeard got a kick down just because pretty late game casting it does stabilize you very well still keeping you there um it has trample you know great seven seven trample for seven gains you five life a wonderful card <clears throat> but number one is nishobi brawler obviously this at most can get to be a five three trampler um it, it's still just 
really great on curve and um you just want to like if you get if you have this they're going to be it's going to be attacking you most of the time and you won't be able to block it really well um um, because you'll still get the damage through so it's just a fantastic card um terrace under is like one of the premium removal spells here <laughs> and uh sure but you have to be in black so that's the only other thing but it is really really good and i think most uh, green black decks you do want to do that so stop making fun of me okay all right um we have a little funny here it's like Micah wants me to put the my mic in front of my mouth, and you know they're just laughing at it. You know, maybe not. <laughs> okay, all right, Costa, go. No, it's just that we were learning about the purpose of a pop filter. All is all. That's uh... <laughs> it was so hilarious too because I was reading his message, <laughs> and he's like blowing right into it. <laughs> I'm just no you based on what you you had wanted. I had it. I know, the message for that That's why we were laughing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, for for my three uh, last time, I had the <laughs> the Weather Seed Treaty at number one, followed by Slimefoot Survey at number two, and Tail Swipe at number three. Today, I have Territorial Maru at number one, followed by Mossbeard Ancient at number two, and the Weather Seed Treaty at number three. I'll definitely defer to Micah this. Uh, he's played way more domain. However, I mean, I've, I played quite a bit of in the beginning. I just definitely leaned into the more white strategies later on. But when I was playing a lot of domain, Territorial Maru did a lot of work because even though it doesn't have evasion, it is a 10-10 a lot of the times. And if you give it any kind of evasion, that puppy's hitting you. When you pair it with my number three card, which I'll go ahead and skip Mossbeard for just a second, um, but the Weather Seed Treaty gives it trample it also gives it more power so i did do a lot of turn six let me hit you for a nice 15 damage really stupid stuff there um which is why moss spirit ancient's really nice because it is a seven seven trample also gains five life and so basically uh this is what i felt like i wanted to do this was the top end of the of those decks a lot of the time um there was a reason for it like i'm digging to these big bombs big answers when i had like nail and stuff so um yeah there's not much to say um you know slimefoot survey i was hoping i mean it did it did end up a lot of times uh in a lot of fashions like the card that both tree and i alluded to uh the make three samurai scry three kind of did a lot of the same stuff except it didn't make bodies it just gave you more lands but uh regardless uh it just was a little too slow and tail swipe is awesome i just thought these cards were just like a little bit better a little bit of what really i wanted to do in green so those are my top three micah all righty then uh i said some bold stuff during the primer episode about the best removal spells and now you're gonna see a card's gone um so for me, uh, there's like Linebreaker, Bayloth, Territorial Morrow, and then Terra Sunder in the primer. Now I saw Territorial Morrow, number one. On average, this boy's an 88. Easily a 10-10. I still think on average, every time I see this card pop up, it's going to be an 8-8. Um, I have Tail Swipe at number two because I'm a hypocrite. And then at number three, I have the Weather Seed Treaty. I used to really see how this card was a two-for-one. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this card's a two-for-one or it just gets in a boatload of damage. Um, because of whenever we did this, like y'all got to get in a few games and you were saying domain seems like it's going to be pretty easy. And now that it's like all I do. And I'm like, okay, yeah, weather seed treaty. Let's go. Um, 
and because just the way the yeah Terra Center just didn't work out for me. Uh, you really just have to be kind of dedicated um, green black. I didn't see a lot of them every time I've drafted though, so maybe if I like, I think I had like maybe once or twice, and it was fine. But just the um, the consistency and mana efficiency of Tail Swipe is really up there. But also the list just lined up this way, so Costa wins again uh, uh, my opinion or the reason why i think terra sunder you're not seeing a lot of it is the kind of the reason what you said green black like domain doesn't really hit black a lot unless you have like some some amazing payoffs but it's really hard to make that work number one number two the four mana to exile that a whole effect of exiling isn't really as much of an impact as it would have been in other sets because while there is recursion and bringing stuff back from the graveyard it just doesn't really like you're not hitting something so devastating that it's like or that you that you felt like i couldn't have when you just use those cards for other cards because the power level is spread out pretty evenly throughout this format um i would say there's a lot more saturation of cards mm-hmm. like people have like three three marias outriders like so you exiled one so what right there's like there's there's like a saturation of evenly just dis- um dispersed power in cards like you said the other thing uh just to touch back on the weather treaty a lot of times your sapperling is getting in for four to five damage which was the other thing that was just big about this card it says i mean it's kind of funny but it's like three mana do like three damage minimum pretty much pretty awesome so I like going the Shoba Brawler into the Weather Seed Tree. Let's go. Oh, that is so dirty. <laughs> the Shoba Brawler w- also barely was. I mean, I had to fight for it, but yeah, no, the Shoba Brawler is amazing. Yeah, I, I think like the overall uh, this running back is basically. Um, I haven't gotten to play as many games as both of y'all, um, and I haven't had a, a, a very diverse spread of, of of gameplay. Most of my games have been in, uh, I guess, green, white, green, black. Um, and then a lot of domain stuff, but still, like you know, I haven't got to play with Weather Seed Treaty. I haven't, um, I haven't seen a lot of other things. Uh, and like my Terra Sunders, I've always been in green, in green black deck, so I've always seen Terra Sunder be great. You know, take down their Shieldred, take down their you know bombs that I won't ever be able to deal with. And um, when you're in that deck, you you want that you know the the black source in that. And so I think I think that's sort of my uh, intention is that you know if you're playing this card you want to be playing that color to maximize the kicker benefits and all that stuff, and so that's where I'm coming from. Well, this isn't a pity pump, but I will say for you not having played much of the format, you actually have. I mean, your lists are very solid. I would say, in fact, the only two duds that I've even seen, and they're not even duds, they're just like if you don't know the format, you don't know the format. But it's for me, it's the Vine Wall and the Micromancer because everything on here has been like highly playable. So you still have a great uh, eye for this stuff, which is why we bring you in on this stuff and why you continue to compete. We just still have one more section though even though I'll still end up taking this. And I do want to talk about the multicolor on commons. So should I go ahead and kick it off, Micah? Go for it. I love me some Garna. That was my number one last time. It is still my number two. Uh-oh, spoiler alert. It dropped to number two. Why? Why did it drop to number two, you ask? Because Elias, our good friend, Ellis Elcor, uh, for me is number one. It's only number one because... It is a two drop and it doesn't have double pip. Um, and for some reason, people 
like they want this card dead but they really don't want to race a removal spell which i find hilarious because the value of this card is insanely dumb as mr micah sh- uh, flashes me a textured boiler borderless i think it's a textured it may not be but it's not but regardless uh, Still showcase spoil it's really pretty yeah nonetheless gorgeous uh but anyways yeah so I, again i've played a lot of the white archetypes um and this being white means that i've really got to taste what it can do the value on this card is crazy but that doesn't mean garna is not absurd because uh i think i played if i do remember correctly in last week i was down to three life uh playing against my opponent while they were at 17 garna got to live garna got to do what it wanted to do and draw me just a buttload of cards and deal a buttload of damage uh card is insane i wish it was just one black red so that way i could really just you know own the world but i think those cards are the best uncommons tree what about you man um, I do have uh, a Lie Silk Core at number one, um, but I have Wrath Weatherlight Store at number two. The blue white archetype is insane in this day. Like going wide and then um, backing it up with your um, instant sorcery spells like Stall for Time, the Tolarian Geyser, um, basically. And then, especially because you have so many creatures, you're able to just draw cards whenever you need to. Like get a board stall, and then eventually Wrath will make you in the game with just. Uh, after drawing three more cards than your opponent, then you just punch in with Vigilance Creatures, you know, and that will just end the game. Um, and you don't have to waste another card on it. So I think Wrath has been, like, a very, very good card for me, just being able to do that. Um, and it's, yeah, great, especially mixing with the, um, the Cavaliers, the Phalanx, you know, all the creatures that you have <laughs> going there. So, yeah, it's been really, really great. So for me, uh, I don't think I even had any last time. I just remember being like starstruck with Garnum. But so I still have hit number one. Uh, however, I'm, I'm not stopping it too. I have my triumvirate of greatness. This is my three card combo. Um, it is I've not your three card one. combo because it was my three card combo. You, you, <laughs> you, gave, you gave me Garna, but. I had I Who last you Logomos with braids. That's <laughs> no. I saw I saw Logomos at the pre-release, and I was like, "This is insane." And then, um, but either way, uh, so Garner number one. I think there's it's just, there's no four drop as impactful as it is. So that's why I still think oh, it's right, number man. one. Um, Lagomos hand of hatred. I have it number two because there's no re- uh, replacing the bodies that die every turn that triggers Garner that that's triggers fair. Elias. Um, and then number three is Elias, but they're all basically like one A, one B, one C to me. Um, but my dream was to have all three of them um, be on the battlefield at the same time. And my opening hand in my last game of the draft a week ago, not this past week or just two weeks ago, whatever, uh, was um, I had all three of them. I was like, oh, we're finally going to do it. And it didn't happen. But I've had like Lagomus and either of the other two is just like absolutely ridiculous. Like Costa said the thing, Lagomus with braids is just filthy. Um yeah. Uh uncommons in this set or there's something. And by the way, Nail, Tatiova, uh Balmore, mm-hmm. they're all I mean, all the uncommons are great. I I, I honestly Our French guy? Our French guy. I mean I don't even think they. The only one that you could argue that is a is a dud is Turg, and only because it doesn't really do anything 
uh, mega impactful, but it still surveils one, which is really, really mm-hmm. good, honestly. And people just kind of forget that sometimes. And so next thing you know, it's unchecked. And now it's like a really big five, five or whatever. Um, no, super. I'm very excited, very happy what they did with the uncommons here. Uh, this was a great way to make this draft format really great uh, was the uncommons, in my opinion. I agree. All right. Let's give out some awards in the next seven minutes because I got to get out of here. All righty. All right. So we have some awards to give out. And, um, and, and look what I have here in uh, award key. So now we know we can finally agree on what is going on here. So, yep. all right. Number one, Reapers Talisman for best uncommon. This is actually a really hard one, I think. Uh, I'm really curious what to hear what you guys think about it. It has to be, it has to be someone, uh, one of the multicolored cards, really, you know? Yeah. Oh God. Okay. I, I forgot. Uh, Dang it. That's right. Well, if we're doing that, that's well, hold on. So I, I would say, Gar- I was going to say, cause is it Garna then? If it's, I think, Gar- I think Garna is like the best uncommon in the set to me. Uh, or at least one, a, uh, you can tell me any of those other two and I'd still be on board. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so for being real, yeah, I'll just do it. Whatever. <laughs> Garna. Are we, are we going with Garna there? Mr. Tree. I'm going Garna. Yeah, we can go with Garna. All right, go Garner here. So Garner, right. Thieves Tool, best common. Mary is Outrider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a cute. Like I can't agree with that. Um, it's so good. It's so good. But I, it's funny. I'm gonna be basic. Basic B here. I, I actually think it's Lightning Strike. But hmm. remember our novelty of our spirit of the award. <laughs> but then we like, make it no, we have Rewala. What'd you say? I thought you were gonna make it sunbathing root walla. Me nah. No, so that's just that's just the, worse outrider. You know, in, in spirit of the award, I, I get that, but here's the thing, Mirror's Outrider, like if I can't equip Mirror's Outrider to every deck, you know what I mean? Like that was the difference between like Thieves Tool. I do. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh all right, so we have Outrider, Lightning Strike. Question. Uh-huh. What? What about wastes? How does Miria's Outrider interact with wastes? That's so, no, so waste is not a basic land type. It's not a subtype. Dang it. Waste is, uh, well, it is a subtype, but it's not a basic land type. Dang it. I was about to get into modern. Now I'm out again. So I looked this up, so I, I definitely tried to uh, figure that out. All right. Thank you, Tree. <laughs> I mean, if y'all want to crush my heart, then go ahead. Really don't know. For the best common. Let's skip that one right now. Was we marinate? We'll, we'll come back to it since we have the list okay. here. Let's go. Let's go to Divine Gambit. And so what we d- <laughs> decided on here was trash to twenty third, twenty four card is what we decided. So yeah, what a what will be in this? Um, I can give you all a couple of them. I just gotta get back to my little destroy evil. <laughs> no, 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 no. Destroy evil is a card, and it is not twenty third, twenty four. It's it is a card. Uh, I I will disagree with that. I know Michael okay. was was ready to jump on, but no, that's what not about that's a card. No, no, no. That, that that plays. Um, let's see. Hold on, hold on. I, I know there was something on my purview here, and I'm I'm drawing a blank here. What about the uh, coalition warbrute, the three four enlist? Or Goblin Picker. Okay, okay, you're, you're on to something. Micah, you got any cards you're going to throw out there? Yosha declares war. <laughs> Wait, which that, one is that one? That's the uh, saga that makes a thopter, then it 
Um, allows you to tap artifacts to deal damage, then a target artifact becomes a 4-4 until end of turn. It's actually not that That's bad. Not what were you going to say? Oh, smash to dust. I can that go with that because, because it ended up being more of a cyborg card. It just did happen to make the cut sometimes like worth like the prowess trigger and stuff like that. So that might actually not be that bad. Um, right. Either that or it's multi monstrosity, you know. <laughs> Which one? Multi monstrosity, the the eight menace five five trample. That. I've never seen that cast. I know. <laughs> uh, it's funny because there's a lot of people that really like those card like that one too. Well, you you've got to go big, but like that's the only way to make it worth it. Maybe maybe let's do molten. Uh, you know, molten's pretty good because it, it it really is it is a playable. It is a twenty third, twenty fourth card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Inferno of the Star Mounts as the best bomb. Mike had heard me say this one before. Vigor, Vigor. It's highly subjective. Wait, which one are you going with? Vigor, green, green, green defiler. Uh, Maybe. That's pretty Uh, good. All right, so Kosa wants to say herd migration, not to steal his thunder. Because I remember I heard that from across the room, and I was like, really? Yes, really. Um, I kind of get it. But I will. But there is that whole caveat that I have been fortunate enough to get it early enough to where I build around this. And like I said, Children. when you build around this card, it is dumb, dumb. Children's pretty good too, though. That is pretty bombing. Children is absurd. Yep, yep. I can, um, I can get behind that. Sphinx what? of the Clear Skies is way up there. Um, it's true. Freaking Darien feels good. But I don't think that's. I don't think that's the call. Nah, Joda's just. It's too. Too not in too narrow, but I just I'm mad greedy. <laughs> All right, right so, so I think Children or um Defiler of Vigor? Or or Sphinx. We have those or three. Sphinx. But I think I think Shieldred is probably I think Shieldred call. just because the four drop as well. Yep. That touch, <clears throat> yeah. That's that's good. I can, I can live with that. Shield. There wasn't anything clear as we said early in the cast. So oh wait, fine. wait, do we want to make it a six mana or is just six is just the best bomb? It's just the best bomb, okay. biggest bomb. Right. Yeah, set. the best bomb. Yeah, not biggest, but best. Yeah, the be- yeah, the, the, it represents the biggest explosion of tears yeah. in your eyes when you see your opponent cast it. Mm-hmm. Season mm-hmm. of renewal, the most underrated card. I know. No, Mary is our. Oh my god, this dude, you know how powerful it is. It's over. It's super drafted now. <laughs> it's so underrated. It's the perfect magic card. <laughs> Yeah, I think we chose Shore Up though. I, right. I was pretty high on Shore Up. Um, I don't know how un, uh, like I don't know how underrated it is though. Like how undervalued because or impede I momentum. Know... No, apparently stop for time. Impede was pretty. No, stop for time was really good too. It just uh, and I in fact I see it drafted a lot. That's why it's like Shore Up is like there for me. <sighs> Aggressive sabotage is gonna be my only other like other. Thing that might Which one be is that one? The discard deal discard three. Two, yeah, deal three. That's pretty good too. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm gonna shore up on this one, Micah Tree. Go for it. All right, shore it up. It is shore. He's just going to be mad that Mary's outrider is not on any of these, but. <laughs> <laughs> Rafine's in podcast, Michael. Rafine, hey, this is still your podcast. <laughs> this is still your podcast. I'm just very uh, pull, rank them. <laughs> pull, pull it, pull it. All right, Rafine's informant, uh, uh, the most improved. Phyrexian Vivisector. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a pretty good one. Uh, a, uh, 
Impede momentum, maybe. Um, G2 Empire, or maybe heroic. We were all high on G2 though. Start. I, I was the only one that didn't have my list, and I knew that was a mistake. So that's, okay. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. I know there's. I know there's a card that that did come up pretty high. It's like um, between all of us. It's it's it was low, but then it it got up there. Frexing Warhorse. That that could be I mean, the problem is Micah hasn't really got to play with it. But... I, I'll still I'm still willing to default to you guys on that one. Okay, so we're gonna give thieves tools to Micah, <laughs> Mary <Yeah>. Outrider. <laughs> I've never wanted anything more in my life. Yeah, that's fine. You know what? I can live with that. We'll just take we'll put Phyrexian Warhorse here, and Mister Micah can have his good old Mary Outriders. Yeah. I, think the most I thought you were about to type that on the most overrated one. I was about to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. So normally we do have a nice little tradition of adding a uh, changing the name uh, for a award we don't have, but this format is so subjective. I'm personally thinking that we should, even the card that we choose as the most overrated is highly subjective. So we won't give mm-hmm. it the award here. How do y'all feel about that? That's fine with me. All right. So now, most overrated. Mario's we, Outriders. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Blight Pile. The, the Chaplain? Uh, no, Chaplain is very strong. Blight Pile, even though I think it is very strong, it could be overrated. It could be overrated. I think it's I think it's fine. I just think people see it and they almost conflate it with like the absurdity of the Defender deck, which is not what it is. It's, that, it's like Wing Mental Chaplain. Then to me, Walking Bulwark. And then Blight Pile is like in a different tier below that. It's too mana intensive to me. Although it's it's really good at slowing the game down because they can't just free willy attack into your zero power defenders because this defender has three power. So um, this is so some really good as a big defender months. payoff. Yeah. It's just a very solid black card. Uh, those are very solid arguments. Um... Yeah, I mean, Tree, do you have anything to add or different? Or... I'm just looking for anything else. Uh, does this include rares as well? Uh, we typically keep the rares out because you just don't see them as often. Okay. Um, um, the cards we talked about mostly, other than the biggest bomb, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bomb, should... the bomb just be- simply because <laughs> that's going to be a bomb. Like... <laughs> I'm now, I'm now I'm shamed that I didn't mention Mario's Outriders for biggest bomb. <laughs> uh, Citizens Arrest, didn't we like sort of give that an overrated? That that's a fair. That's, that's a, a decent fair. Shout. That's a that is a decent shout. That is a decent one. I, you know what? I could I could audible to that pretty easily. Are we all, we're all turning British now. <laughs> British. Oh, Boy, well, that's a good shout. Why? Yeah, let's do Citizens so Arrest. I like that one. I like that one. So we'll, we'll we'll switch it up here. Also, it's a big flavor fail. It's not even a rest. It's freaking O-ring. Yes, that is very true. And it's not O-ring. It's, it's not even O-ring. You're I mean, close to O-ring. <laughs> it's a journey to nowhere, but it costs one more white mana, which is pretty bad. <laughs> All oh, right. Geez. Perfect. Well, I think that about wraps it up here. Uh, any final thoughts on the format, y'all? Uh, Tree, are you going to continue to play it anymore? Mike, are you going to continue to play it anymore? What do you got? Right, okay. Um, I guess I have some thoughts on the... Basically, um, anything goes in this format, really. Um, whatever archetype you really want to play, it's going to be there for you if you really want to force it. And you, you'll you have your playables, and you won't... Um, 
you may feel a little bit lacking, but you won't have a, a terrible deck if you, you know, say you want to force the red white um, aggro um, heroic charger deck. You know, there's enough cards for you in there to make it a playable deck. Um, the fact that all the a lot of the uncommon cards, especially legends, are going to be extremely powerful, and you know, you can see the uncommons a little bit more often than the rares, obviously. Um, and uh, you don't need to have the rare cards and the mythic rare cards to, you know, have your bomb basically and just win but you can just get any deck you want and play it so i think that's my my two cents here yeah i'll just piggyback off of that uh so mike can close this out but basically yeah uh i agree exactly what i prefaced in the beginning um if you have a plan going into this you will come out just fine i haven't seen nor have i drafted too many um shambled atrocious decks i have had o3s but Micah and I, are, and I'm sure Tree, even though I haven't really talked to him as much about it, are in the belief that Arena is out to kill us because of some BS with some of the decks that we've had. I think we've had some great decks, and for them to go 0-3, actually, you posted one the other day too, quite BS. But beyond that, uh, yeah, they haven't. They've been very solid decks as long as you have a plan. Um, yeah, there's not too many traps, which is really nice with this format. So, and it's a great cube, freaking edition kind of set. So I love it. Oh yeah, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mario's Outrider the Format! It's like the new Morcrut Behemoth, but it's actually like legit amazing. Oh, you shouldn't have um, said that. You just, you just saw yourself. It, that, yeah. <laughs> you, should just, you should have kept living with Morcrut. Now we can't take you seriously anymore. <laughs> um no. but anyway it's like if i draft mirrors outrider great we'll play the deck if i don't i just immediately drop it and start drafting again i'll i'll, I'll i'm just i'm lying I'll, I'll i'll keep drafting it a little bit more i'm 15 drafted i typically try to get to that 20 mark and if i'm like like kamigawa i got up to like i don't know like 40 something um but um typically i try to hit 20 before i have like my firm opinion on what the format is and so far it's like it's a good draft format i I thought it might have been great, although it has like the greatest card ever. Um, it is not the greatest draft format ever, but it's good. It's not Kamigawa. But it's, it's not good. original Dominion. It's so much. It's a, it's a it's a big it's a big uh, breath of relief after Capenna. Yes, it is very oh, yeah, solid. Very much so. Very solid. It's definitely not an old um, Dominaria. Well, that was great. I didn't play. You remember drafting so I I for this one? Um, Although I didn't get to draft that on paper ever before. And I was like, basically learning how to draft whenever that Dominaria came out. So maybe I would have a different opinion if I did it now. But all right, Coach, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Nope. I will uh, push off the calls so you can uh, bake your pie and uh, take us home. All righty, let's go. What did you think about what we talked about this week? What are your favorite cards in Dominaria United Limited? Let us know on Twitter, MTG Untapped Pod, or at Facebook, MTG Untapped Podcast. And if you have ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And if you're not so, please stop what you're doing. Subscribe to the podcast, rate, and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We very much appreciate it. And also, shout outs to Alpha Strike Gaming and Force of Will Gaming and our home store, Junior's Comics and Cars, located in South Austin, Off Slaughter and Manchester near the HEB. And so long, Tree. We love you, buddy. Have fun, kick ass, do all the things, tap cards, turn cardboard sideways. 
Um, yeah, we're yeah. we're real proud of you, bud. We'll you. We're, we're proud right. of you. It's, you're doing the big step, and obviously, you can always come on. This thing's remote anyway. We're not all in the same room, yeah. tickling each yeah. other. So you're welcome anytime once you get your feet planted, bud. Hopefully, I can uh, play some magic up there, and you know, get some uh, kick some people's arses. Okay. Yep. We'll have to bust out the webcam EDH setups one of these days. Oh, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> All right. That will do it for this episode of MTG Untapped. We will talk to you all next week. See you. Cheers. She is, mate.